conversation with Mr. Pranish Desai, Senior Data Analyst at Good Governance Africa. We chat again, Pranish. Thank you so much for your time, brother. Good evening, Sunezo. Glad to be with you again. Yeah. Talk to us about the proposal of an independent panel on political coalitions, on, on party political coalitions. So fundamentally, I agree with you. There's justified cynicism about whether this can actually work. Um, but what's important to remember is that coalition formation is a political process. It's just a very hard thing to regulate, even in the best of times and even in the best of political cultures. So the idea behind having an independent panel, which President Ramaphosa convenes to look at this problem, is that you can aggregate research, which has been done both in South Africa and globally, on what are sort of some of the best practices which enable coalitions to function effectively. Because at the end of the day, the way our current electoral system is structured, coalitions are going to be inevitable at the national level in a few years, at the provincial level already from next year, Gauteng and KZN, which have about nearly 50% of the country's population in them, will probably have multi-party governments. And at the local level already, we've seen them increase fourfold in the last seven years alone. Around about this time last month, no, I lie, actually, beginning of this month, I was in conversation with Mr. F.L. Trollope, talking to him about his thoughts and those of Action SA on coalition governments. And he was of the view, generally speaking, and I'm paraphrasing and trying to remember his thoughts. But I was left with the impression that in his thinking by 2024, and he, he it sounded like he thought 2024 was a distance away, 2024 is next year, he's of the view we would have settled how to engage the coalition governance that political parties are still trying to tussle with. Do you think in a year from now, we would have reached the kind of stability at local government level to give us the sense or the kind of confidence to think, which is what many analysts are proposing will be a reality at national government when it is alleged the ANC drops to below 50, it will require, or more than anything, more likely engage a coalition government at national government. What are your projections in relation to if nothing changes and this panel doesn't exist, or even if it does, its work yields nothing? Would we have reached a point in which we can credibly engage governance with coalition governments on the evidence of everything that you know? I think that Mr. Trollope's assessment is probably a bit too optimistic. Um, based on what parties have shown, especially over the last seven years, they as a whole just haven't come to terms with the changing reality of the country. From the ANC's perspective, it hasn't come to terms with the fact that it is losing its majority over time. Um, it's already lost key metros. It's going to lose Gauteng and KZN next year. And so while it might form a government in those provinces, it will have to involve other parties. However, in terms of the way parties have behaved in relation to this changing circumstance, um, there's strong impetus from all the opposition parties to try to exclude the ANC from government. That hasn't really worked, as we've seen, especially in Johannesburg. Twice now, after 2016 and 2021, the opposition parties tried to exclude the ANC. And what happened was the moment there was disunity within those opposition coalitions, which were hastily formed often, the ANC could just exploit that, bring in votes of no confidence, and you know they back in or a party aligned with them is back in as mayor, which is currently the case in Johannesburg and in Swanee today as well. Some of the events have played out. Let's come back to this panel. I mean, the panel, it is 
I read here, it says the panel should assess the limitations of coalitions in South Africa to strengthen their effectiveness by suggesting a suitable combination of remedies that the government, political parties and civil society then act upon the then act upon that, I beg your pardon. The panel can then create a pathway toward a stabler system capable of delivering for citizens. What is it that the current political framework cannot do that this one would be able to do? In other words, I, I don't see any legislative support or some other instrument that supports this. It really is an assessment of the reality on the ground and the panel being the proposed solution to attend to this. But it's still... It, it, it's, it's ordinary men and women drawn from the South African society, which especially requires critical participation of the politicians and the political parties, broadly speaking, themselves. The ground right now can achieve ultimately what the panel wants to achieve or is proposed to achieve, surely, if they want to. So, yeah, if they, if they want to. So the thing is, there has been a lot of research on this in South Africa. How can we make coalitions more stable? And, you know, the remedies can't be purely legislative because this is, it's hard to just regulate politics. Um, the idea behind a panel is essentially give more sectors of society a voice in how parties can function to make the system deliver. Now, across the world, there are generally two elements which uh, enable coalitions to function more stably. One is a conducive political culture, which emphasizes cooperation between parties. And the second is, you know, basic legislative framework, which encourages stability and transparency. So in terms of the latter part, things that you might see uh, come into play there are, you know, requirements that coalition parties, uh, once they've come to an agreement, publish the terms of that agreement. That just gives citizens and civic society and business a barometer according to which to measure whether political parties are participating in that or not. It also can help you identify more clearly who is breaking away and disrupting coalition processes and who is not. In terms of a conducive political culture, that's where parties themselves have to find a way to you know, deliver for citizens. Now, in the long term, I have no doubt that eventually parties will begin to do it simply because part political parties are a reflection of citizen sentiment. And if citizens get frustrated enough, they'll eventually make the message known to political parties that, you know what, we need a different approach from you. Unfortunately, given the reality of South Africa, we can't really afford it to come from political parties only. You know, as we say in the article, governance has suffered in places like Johannesburg because of all this uncertainty. Since November 2019, Joburg's had six different periods of municipal administration and nine different mayors. And what that does is it, you know, increases political instability, of course. But beyond that, it also raise, increases uncertainty among municipal officials. They don't know which uh, actions to act upon because they don't know who's actually in charge. Then as a result of that, accountability is blurred because we're not actually sure who's responsible for what. And as a result, service delivery suffers. In a couple of AJ reports now, Auditor General reports, the Auditor General's office has mentioned that coalitions have seemed to have an effect, especially when they, you know, ill-formed and not formalized in any tangible way on uh, even things like financial administration, because decisions are made, uh, bad planning sets in, and, you know, given the context of South Africa as a whole, where we need to improve, 
the lives of millions of citizens, it's probably not enough to just wait for political parties if that takes five or 10 years for them to just figure it out on their own. So panel is one way in which President Ramboza can set aside a panel of experts which would have political parties represented in some way. Uh, to know, have a look at that, but have other sectors of society represented in it so that we can have a more productive system that can function across local, provincial and national government. Let me ask this. Would there be a need for a panel if, for instance, City of Tswane and City of Joburg, because these are the political hot potatoes that are, and to an extent, but a lesser extent nonetheless, Nelson Mandela Bay, had mayors who were sworn in through these coalition arrangements and completed their terms. Would the argument that you're advancing for the establishment of the panel still persist? Uh, perhaps to a lesser extent, but these are high-profile failures of them, and it's now two electoral cycles, two local electoral cycles in a row, where we've seen it. Okay, and here's you know, why I'm asking the question, though, Pranish. Nothing is going to change by the existence of the panel, which can only ever make recommendations to Ramaphosa. I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking that the panel is going to say something which. Ramaphosa, where he is right now, if whatever the panel says, it will be this novel thing that he would never have been in a position to hear before, or even with the arrangement of state institutions, be able to reasonably engage against the current failures that you appropriately and rightly point out. In other words, there is nothing that prevents between the framework of the Constitution, the MFMA, the Municipal Structures Act in particular, and the broader instruments that talk to public administration flowing from 195 of the Constitution, there is nothing that isn't available to correct the status quo other than simply the fidelity to the rule of law and their commitment to public service on the part of the political party and the politicians in these respective councils. That, ultimately, for me, is where the answer lies. We, we, we can't institutionalize our way out of this problem because the problem is beyond institutional setting. No, so I, I agree with that aspect. Where the panel helps is that it does just simply bring more voices into the conversation. And also uniquely, you know, a lot of the research that's been done on coalition formation, it's inaccessible to citizens and and that unless they decide to pay for it, you know, if it's in academic journals, it's books that have been published. By contrast, you know, a panel would publish its findings readily available and freely available. So it's then a reference tool according to which you can normatively judge whether parties are, are going in that direction or not. I agree that a panel itself will do will not solve the problem. It's what you know citizens, civic society, business, and political parties decide to do with the panel's recommendations. And that's why I think it's important to just have something that gives more sectors of society a voice than just the current system where political parties are sort of trying to figure it out, but not really falling into the same patterns of behavior after elections, uh, trying to explicitly exclude parties from government, despite the fact that these parties, you know, have significant representation. And then, you know, these other parties that have been excluded, particularly the ANC, then essentially holds the grudge and is just trying to kick out whatever weak coalition's been put in place that has excluded it. So there just needs to be a broader reflection on behalf of parties and 
South African society as a whole on how can we make this work? Because, you know, it's hard to deal with a lot of problems if you're just politically fighting over the most basic of things. Sure. Mr. Pranish Desai, Senior Data Analyst at Good Governance Africa, on the other side of this very short ad break returns, where we will continue this conversation, and that is, does South Africa need an independent panel on party coalitions? Certainly, if Pranish is to be believed, the answer to that question is yes. Now, the first question I'm going to engage is the constitution of this panel and the critical questions it must ask, and as a result, recommendations it would be at, at a minimum required to present to the president. To give the president another headache, after the break, we continue the conversation. 2150, please do give us a call. 86 The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. on SAFM. We're talking about the constitution of an independent panel that at this stage anyway won't have any powers other than to make recommendations to the president after assessing the current political milieu or climate of governance, particularly in institutions or municipalities or councils that are coalition councils. The thoughts are shared this evening by Mr. Pranish Desai, Senior Data Analyst at Good Governance Africa, who is thinking that this is a solution in part to address seemingly the chaos that continues unabated, will have real and serious consequence at a national level this time next year if the trends are anything to go by. But the question does remain, Pranish, who would constitute this panel? What would, if any, requirement be of their political nows? or affiliation how many members are you thinking what questions are they asking and how is this recommendation to the president presented to them at what level of the pitch would be the work of the panel and who is the panel so (laughs) i i certainly view it as maybe not so much uh, the biggest part of the solution but the beginnings of a potential solution Mm -hmm. Um, in terms of who it constituted, like I said, there has been a wide range of sort of voices, some in government, especially in the form of the South African Local Government Association, which have worked with uh, civil society in the Tula Oma Institute to put out their own recommendations before the 2021 election. The Mapungupwe Institute for Strategic Reflection has put out their own work on a coalition panels where they invited, they wrote a book, uh, edited a book, uh, inviting a, a range of authors from across the continent, across the country to, you know, have have a say on this matter. Also before the 21 election, my own organization, Good Governance Africa, has uh, quite a strong footprint in both local government and riding on coalition politics. So there'd definitely be a civil society element to it. Um, political parties, I think, would be represented in some way because at the end of the day, they are you know, the main impetus within which a lot of this would have to change. And, you know, there's also potential for some business leaders to bring their voice into the conversation to, you know, determine what's the best way in which we can, you know, come together, come up with a set of recommendations, which we then collectively try to act upon in in our own ways and spheres of influence. In terms of what they'd specifically be looking at, you know, in some ways, it's fortunate that we do have this increasing sample set at the local level, 
where we can see what has worked and what has not worked. And we also have the historic precedent of the government of national unity between 94 and 99, and also a swathe of coalition governments, local, provincial, regional, and national from across the world to have a look at. So basically we'd be looking at why the panel would be looking at why would, why are they failing at such high rates in South Africa? What is the specific impact this has had on governance and delivering for citizens? And, you know, getting an idea of that, what sort of recommendations can we collectively provide, which can then be acted upon? And, you know, once the recommendations are there, that doesn't change it by itself. It then does require all these parties which have representation on this panel to then act upon it. And, you know, it, it is easy to give into the cynicism of how this will never work and that, but we have to try. A lot was sacrificed to get the country to the moment mm. where we can actually deal with these problems. You know, many people died and, and were imprisoned and went into exile and, you know, some of them, the names, you know, some of them we don't. And they all sacrificed so that we could be sitting here tonight and, you know, across the country dealing with these problems of governance at, at a level, at a high level or a low level. You know, democracy isn't the solution. It's part of the solution. And, you know, we're just suggesting a way in which the president can facilitate a process by which we can realize some of these democratic norms as we move into a new era of politics, which will be coalitions defined. How can we take all these sacrifices that were made to get us here to build a, you know, sort of a framework or that can inform how we approach an era of politics wherein parties will have to work together, citizens who support have their own political views will have to come to terms with the fact that, you know, different parties will have to play along with their own party in order to achieve basic governance and basic service delivery, ensuring that, you know, taps are running and, and working, ensuring that electricity is delivered across the country, not just in, you know, large metros, but, you know, in rural municipalities as well. And so, you know, the panel can help look at this from a high level and assess what can be done to move us towards this, mm, mm. you know, more productive system. You know, I've, I've, probed this, I've probed this with you and pushed you even only because I think I was really hoping at some point to hear what you have just said. And I think I do appreciate that. And I think the probing part was deliberate on my end. I would probably disagree with you where it should be located. It's going to give it a political flavor if it is in the office of the presidency, especially this president, whereas perhaps it might enjoy more polo, um, more political party buy-in if it was a National Assembly-sponsored, if you will, institution. Because it's not going to recommend anything that has to be implemented. It's simply going to get the data, expertly review it, and report back to Parliament for Parliament, where these people ultimately sit, to consider for itself whether or not it wants to engage the South African administration differently and account to the people who would have put them in there. That's the only slight disagreement, but certainly the conversation needs to evolve. We need to be that much more empowered, and perhaps the institution itself, the panel, would advance that. Very quickly, though, in less than 30 seconds, would this be the beginning or the early steps of this in, this panel becoming one day a Chapter 9 institution with the typical powers that come to characterize a Chapter 9 institution? So in relation to the discussion we had earlier, it's hard to institutionalize this aspect. 
what can be done is revising our existing framework, you know, things like the requiring in line with the constitution's call for transparency, uh, requiring political parties to publish agreements, extending the time frame within which coalitions can form through the municipal, revising the municipal structures act, for example. So I think it's unlikely it will become an institution of its own because it's dealing with such political things, but you know, it can help us revise our existing frameworks. Let's leave it there. Pranish, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your thoughts. Thank you. And, and, and thank you for the debate. I really do appreciate that. That's our colleague, Pranish Desai, Senior Data Analyst at Good Governance Africa. It's perfectly at 22 hours. That's the time. Good evening, folks. Chat in March 2023 again.